We in. We in. There we go. We're in. It's happening. We are. We're live. Not really. Welcome to the Chris and Kyle show, everybody. He's Chris. I'm Kyle. Hey, people. This is our Jackie Robinson episode. Mm-hmm. Not because it is hugely monumental in the history of race relations in America and mm, sports, yeah. but because it is the 42nd episode, <laughs> the number he wore. Yeah. But That's shout out Jackie true. Robinson, you're a super important figure in history. And I did a book report on you in middle school. Mm-hmm. Also played by Chad, Chad, Chadwick Boseman. So in a film that's, called that's, that's 42. Great. That's pretty great. Yeah. Chadwick's great. Welcome to the show. <laughs> How are you feeling, dude? I feel pretty I'm, good. I'm I like, feel like we need to tell the people something. Oh, what's that? That there's a poll mm-hmm. and that they should send us questions. That's pretty much it. You know, we're doing a and a episode because we're too dumb to come up with content. Mm-hmm. So if you just ask us questions about stuff that we like and that you like that we can just talk about and give answers to, we can fill out a whole episode with that shit. It's going to be great. So just ask us stuff mm-hmm. and vote on the poll because we do that every month and you know how it works. Cowboy Bebop, uh, Neon Genesis, Evangelion, anime off. Good pronunciation there. Thank you. Solid. Thank you. I am a training to be a voice actor. <laughs> what were you going to say? You feel what? I said I feel good. I'm still, oh, well, I'm still that's riding good. off the high of seeing that movie. Yeah. We're doing Peanut Butter yeah, Falcon. We just recorded Thursday, our episode for the Peanut Butter Falcon, which will come out this Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoiler alert, we both really liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Speaking of movies, mm-hmm. we saw a trailer before this we did. movie. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even know anything about this movie until I saw I had trailer. no idea this was a movie that was happening. Yeah. I also had no idea that it was Renee Zellweger the whole time I was watching the trailer. Which, I, I mean, know. I guess props. Good work, Renee Zellweger. You know, transform into the character of Judy yeah, Garland for the, for the film Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was Michelle Williams the whole time. Right. Yeah. Who she already played a... Uh, Did she play Holland Marilyn Starlet. Monroe? She, she played, yeah, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. In my, I liked that movie. My week with uh, Marilyn. I liked that That movie. was one of our Redbox movies. Holy shit, you're yeah. right. Good days, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we were young and... Not going and to college. <laughs> Young and skipping class, <laughs> just renting so many movies out of Redbox. Right. Oh man, my week with Marilyn. Donald Gleason's in that, right? Is it Donald? No, it's uh Dominic. Mm. I don't think it's Donald Gleason. I'm gonna find out. Anyway, you want to talk about the Judy? Dude that was in Devil's Double. I don't. You want to talk about Judy? Not uh, the person, Judy. The film. <laughs> uh. Judy Garland. Um, Eddie Redmayne. It seems really interesting. Eddie Redmayne's in it. Is Dominic whatever his face is in it? Is he in it? I don't know. It's a lot of people. Kenneth Braun is in it. We are struggling. Okay, yep. so uh, Judy, it, like you said, uh, you couldn't even recognize uh, Renee Zellweger. Yeah. She looks older. Mm-hmm. Uh, she looks just... She, she's Dominic Cooper. Yes, here. you are correct. Dominic Cooper. Dominic Cooper. Howard Stark. Um... Yeah, she's, she's acting her ass off. Mm-hmm. She they fairly they, unrecognizable. They I, made I knew her look like she had work done. Mm-hmm. I don't like, know. There was like I don't know whether or not Renee Zellweger's had work done, but like there's like the thing on the lips, right, and the cheeks. Well, and like the teeth are different too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know looked at her teeth. Um, but yeah, there's her uh, delivery and everything. Yeah. It seems like really really interesting. Spot on. Um, I'm mildly excited for it. It's not like I wasn't. 
I don't know a lot about Judy Garland. I just know that she's Dorothy in Wizard of Oz. That's basically all I know. Mm-hmm. When she started singing over the rainbow, I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about the story with her children or with this dude that's hiding under, pulling a Michael Scott and riding in on a food cart mm-hmm. thing. I don't know much about her story. Right. Um, it just seems like a really yeah. cool vehicle for a good Renee Zellweger performance. performance yeah. So. That's what I feel like biopics are that a lot, right? It's just like this is a good vehicle for this actor yeah. to do a thing. This is Oscar bait. Yeah. yeah. Oscar bait. Mm. I don't like the term Oscar bait. Why? I don't know. It's just like it seems like it's there's a lot of really great movies that get nominated for Oscars and it seems like being the idea of Oscar bait is like has belittling con- of those movies. Yeah, yeah. It has like a negative connotation. Yeah, like tw- like obviously like 12 Years a Slave is Oscar bait, but right. it's a fucking great movie uh-huh. with a lot of, you know, hard work and and good intentions put behind it. Like yeah. It's yeah. just kind of weird to me. Yeah, I guess it does kind of have like a, a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Like it comes off as pretentious when you call yeah. something Oscar bait. Yeah. You yeah. fucking pretentious dick calling it yeah. Oscar bait. You jerk. I'm I'm the pretentious one for calling it Oscar bait. <laughs> I guess maybe <laughs> you could say that. I'll cop to it. <laughs> um okay, can we talk about the trailer that we watched that came out this week that like I'm super hyped for? What's that? Honey Boy. Okay, yeah. And like we mentioned, we've got the Peanut Butter Falcon episode coming out. So we just spent the last like hour talking about Shia LaBeouf and how great he is in right. that movie. And about how, you know, we all know Shia LaBeouf's nuts and he does stupid shit, but he's incredibly talented. He's a great actor. And uh, this movie coming out, Honey Boy, is written by Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. about his own life and he's playing his own dad in the movie. Do you think that like the casual movie watcher would say that Shia LaBeouf is a good actor? No, because I think they just think of Transformers. Yeah. And uh, even Stevens. And even right? Stevens, yeah. Maybe holes. Like, like that's, Maybe those holes. are probably, yeah. Maybe. Like, so, yeah, Eagle I, Eye. I know, think a lot kind of, of the stuff that Shia LaBeouf is, yeah, because he had that window where he was like an action kid mm-hmm. who's in action movies. Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of the stuff that he's really great in, people haven't seen. Right. What have you seen that he was? Oh, Fury. He's amazing in Fury. Fury. Okay. He's good in Lawless. He's great in the Peanut Butter Falcon. Mm hmm. Um, Nymphomaniac was the, I never saw Nymphomaniac Was the one for me that I, um, I mean his greatest performance Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull Obviously Obviously Dude he was in Yeah Surf's up dude His greatest Disturbia I never saw Disturbia Now this is Dude he was an iRobot He's the kid that cusses an iRobot And they're like don't cuss Remember that Yeah I never saw American Honey, but I heard good things. Mm-hmm. Weird Honey theme coming up in his yeah. career. That's <laughs> strange. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so like this movie, Honey Boy, written by Shia LaBeouf, starring Shia LaBeouf as Shia LaBeouf's real-life dad. Um, Noah Jupe and Lucas Hedges both play fake Shia LaBeouf, whose name is Otis in the movie. Um, Lucas Hedges is great. Like, anytime I see him in something, I get excited. Mm-hmm. Noah Jupe's a solid kid actor, too. Like, yeah, he was in Wonder. He's uh he's the nice kid in Wonder. Yeah. yeah. He's in a quiet place. Plays one of John Krasinski and Emily Blunt's children. Um he uh like he's not Jacob Tremblay level, but he's close. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. 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 That would be disrespectful. It'd be to disrespectful <laughs> to call anyone Jacob Tremblay level. <laughs> Dude, it, like when Jacob Tremblay wins an Oscar, we're just going to end the show. It's over. <laughs> we've done our we've done our job. <laughs> 
<laughs> because it will be because of this show. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Tremblay Nation stand up. That would be really sad if Jacob Tremblay like ended up like having like most child actors, you know, ended God, up having like a really fucked that. up life. Don't. I don't I don't wish that upon him. God, that would suck. It could happen. You never know. I feel like it's it's gotten better. I feel like a lot of people that like we we grew up with, people that are our age, a lot of the people who like on Disney Channel and Nickelodeon back then don't seem like they went nuts. Mm-hmm. A lot of some of them do, right? But not all, not as many as what seems like usually happens. Why do you think that is? Um, I think that I think it's kind of like sports. I think like knowledge and education is a big part of it, and like parenting. So like <clears throat> like sp- athletes are are better now than they've ever been because the science has improved and from a young age on you're training at a higher level right with more knowledge of how to okay. train and i think kid actors like because of the stigma of what happens to kid actors their parents know what can happen to them and i think studios even understand that shit they're like yo we can't be having our 16 year old disney channel star be getting pulled over for drunk driving so I think there's like more, maybe, I don't know if this is a factor or not, but I think there's maybe more support systems out there for kid actors. Because of the awareness? Also, on top of that, I think we're also in an era where everyone can kind of feel like everything they do matters all the time. And uh-huh. it used to just be like, that. Old, like if you were a child actor who was really famous, everyone cared about you were on magazines and you were you know, on the news and stuff like that. Now, everyone's posting everything about themselves all the time. So mm-hmm. it's like less important seeming you know what i mean mm-hmm. like every kid's kind of like every having... kid has like that own sort of like they can feel that self-importance yeah avenues of self like yeah. of, of attention yeah i think that might have something to do with it i don't really know and a lot of it is also kept quiet i would like uh, like daniel radcliffe has talked about how he struggled with drinking during the filming of the last two harry potter movies right but he like did his work and then he went to rehab and there was never a peep about it and he you know he worked on it and probably i would guess as uh addicts do he continues to work on it i don't know if he was i don't want to say he was an addict i don't know what the problem was i just know that he said he struggled with alcohol when he was filming those movies love that dude he's great honey boy honey boy uh you want to talk about low tide that's the gold one right yeah with the gold yeah. I just it's A24, so I was like, oh, A24. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, this looks interesting. Who's that what's that kid from? Which he's kid? There's an a it. lot of, he's an it. There's a lot of kids. The one of uh one of those kids is an it. Is it the one who's the like, one. You left me. You left me behind. The younger yeah. brother? Mm, yeah. He's an it? it? Oh, is he young James McAvoy? Maybe. I think I I'm I guessing. saw the he's new like one of, I saw the new it trailer yesterday before I saw Hobbs and Shaw. And there's a scene in it in the trailer where like they they show the kid and then it fades and they show the adult to so like who they grow up. That one dude looks like like he looks more like Denzel Washington than Denzel Washington's son does. Wait, the Old Spice dude? Huh? The Old Spice? That's dude? the Old Spice guy? Yeah. What? The dude that's like a centaur? Uh-huh. What? Good for him. Uh-huh. Good work, dude. Yeah. Wow. I think it's just the hair that he's got in the in that movie. He just I had a very strong Denzel Washington vibe from him. Maybe, yeah. Um, you're talking I, if about I Jayden. could like, if I could like, if they like wear like sunglasses, mm-hmm. and I could like take them off, mm-hmm. like I wish my interest for it was like sunglasses, and I could let you wear them for a bit, you know, so that you could see 
what I like about that movie so much. No, like I saw the most recent trailer and I was like watching it and I was like, I understand why people like this. It's just not for me. You know, it's not everybody has to like everything. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes I can sound like a hypocrite saying that because I'll get angry about stuff. Yeah. I'll be like, how the fuck can you not like Harry Potter? That's insane. Mm-hmm. But it's because I love it. But it, there's also so like I feel so, what you're saying. There's so much more to it than just like horror and stuff. You know, like I understand that friendship. I understand that. And I'll, I'll admit I saw Finn Wolfhard become Bill Hader. And I was like, that's interesting. I love Bill Hader. Especially since I've seen Barry. Like, I love him, like, astronomically more since then. So I was like, hell yeah, dude. And there's, like, a scene where he's, like, screaming in the trail. And I was like, looks like Bill Hader's fucking going hard in this movie. The cast is great. And fucking, what's his face? is doing the Pennywise thing. He's being all spooky and shit. There's a part at the end of the trailer where he, like, doesn't have all the makeup on. And it looks like he's, like, crying. Really? And there's, like, a lot of the makeup is, like, washed off. And he's, like, mm. going like this. And he's making Ooh. weird noises. And I was like... Is that Alexander Skarsgård? I think it's Bill Skarsgård. Bill's, yeah, that's right. It's Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. There's so many Skarsgårds. Fucking. His, dude, he, it's one of my favorite performances of the, like the past 10 years. I mm-hmm. fucking love him as Pennywise. Um, what is it with clowns putting up good performances? Heath Ledger. Yeah. Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah. Has there ever been a bad clown performance? Jared Leto. Um, that dude from Billy Madison? Jared Leto. He was more of a gangster than a clown. I think. <laughs> he was a clown of a gangster. I'll give you that. I mean, we can probably assume that he was Joaquin... a clown ass gangster. <laughs> yeah, like we can probably assume Joaquin Phoenix is going to be a great clown. Just probably. Yeah. Mostly because he's Joaquin Phoenix. Anyway, yeah, like that. This movie, uh, what was it called? The Low Tide. Low Tide. I was like, I saw the A twenty four thing, and I was like, I will. Al- that'll always pique my interest. And I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, interesting. And I saw like the premise: these kids, and they're like, they go treasure, they find a treasure or something, and. There's like some young love vibes going on. I'm like, okay, interesting. And then Shea Wiggum showed up and I was like, I like that dude. I like him a lot. And he plays like a cop. Shea Wiggum from uh, True Detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in Homecoming, Homeland, right? Homeland. Home, homecoming. Yeah, homecoming sorry. with yeah, Julia homecoming. Roberts. His daughter was in Punisher. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Shea Wiggum's cool. Like Shea Wiggum? He's, he's like blown up and like, he's worked a lot the past couple of years and he's been in a bunch of stuff that we've seen. Um, so yeah, I like saw him and I was like, okay. And then like the end of the trailer is like this, the kid is like, they're like, this kid's scary. And I was like, he's just a kid. They're like, red is like, they call him red. And I was like, oh man, it's a scary kid. And then the one kid like sips a juice box. Like all that. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, that it seems funny. interesting. It seems was, interesting. Yeah, it was, uh, that seemed funny. Um, but I kind of, I kind of like uh, stories like that where like, you know, the, yeah, it's good. The, antag- yeah. Well, the, the antagonist is kind of someone that you're close to. Yeah. Well, that you're close to, but like you're also kind of like you wouldn't. I feel like I would. I, would, I, would I could beat you guy. up. Yeah, I, I could beat you up. Fight, you yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, like I'm like. It's one of those movies where I'll like when it comes out, I'll see what the consensus on the movie is. Right. I'll check all the the, the different spaces, and then if it's good, I'll see it for sure. But it's also a movie that if it came out and everyone was like, "This movie sucks." I would not be surprised. What's the worst A24 movie that's come out? Probably a random horror movie, I would guess. A24 they do a, they do should, a lot of horror movies. A24 should make a clown movie. It's fucking guaranteed to win. You're right. Guaranteed. To win what? Win. <laughs> just win. That's it. We are winning. <laughs> she doesn't have to win a thing. It's that's just true. winning. Okay. I, I can vibe with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I can't read your handwriting, and I don't want to open my notes. What's the next one on there? Uh, the day should come. The day shall come. The day shall come. That was the one with the dude that's like starting like some weird cold. Oh, that's the weird one. Yeah. Okay, so Anna Kendrick plays some sort of government agent who is being tasked with framing someone for being a terrorist yeah. to make people think that they're stopping terrorism. Right. It's completely weird looking. Mm-hmm. And there's this dude who's in Miami, apparently, and he like wants to do like community outreach, but he's like this insane, he like thinks there's dinosaurs and shit. Yeah. It just looks super weird and yeah. fun. Like it's a very wonky looking movie and I love Anna Kendrick. So like whenever I see her in something, I'm like, I'll watch that. Um, from the director of Four Lions, I don't know if you. I don't know that. what Four Lions is. You don't know what Four Lions is, no. so I don't. I haven't seen Four Lions, but I know the story of it, and it's actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like it's a movie about four terrorists. Um, but it's like I I, I overheard a conversation on a podcast when they were talking about it. They were like, "This is like, like a prompt that you would get in a writing class, like to try and come up with." Yo, Riz Ahmed's in it. Right. Love him. Um, to try and come up with uh, like, uh, how to make characters that shouldn't be likable, likable. Four incompetent British terrorists set out to train for and commit an act of terror. Mm-hmm. In, it's a comedy crime drama. Right. Interesting. The, the, the poster just says, funny, 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 funny. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of different reviews calling it funny. <laughs> But yeah, that caught my attention because apparently Four Lines is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his name is, uh, the director's name is Christopher Morris. Is that you and Michael pushed mm-hmm. into one person? That's our baby. <laughs> um, last trailer that we watched. A Million Little Pieces. Aaron Taylor Johnson right. and Charlie Hunnam uh-huh. and Billy Bob Thornton and Giovanni Rabisi. Rabisi, thank there you. There you go, you got it. Uh, directed by Alan Taylor Johnson's wife, Sam Taylor Johnson. Right. Have you ever watched any of her movies before? I don't think so. She did uh, one starring Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, where I'm he pretty played, sure they met filming something. Uh, where he played John Lennon. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's not It's not that great of a movie. No? Yeah. The idea of the movie. Oh, is she did Fifty good, Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. She did the Weekend's Earned It video. Mm-hmm. Keep up. Which th- isn't... That kind of the same thing as Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, wasn't earned it for the movie? Yeah, yeah I think you're right. That explains it. She's in a lot of music videos. Some Elton John music videos. What is the movie that she made with Aaron Taylor Johnson? Gypsy? No. Is it Nowhere Boy? Yep. Okay, that's it. I like Aaron Taylor Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good. I feel like he's like, like when I think of Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think of Kick-Ass, but he doesn't do stuff like Kick-Ass very often. You know what I mean? And then he's like randomly, he's like, he's Quicksilver in the MCU. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. He's, he's, he can like, he can flip. When I think of Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think of like, I don't think of Kick-Ass. No? Like I, like I have to remind myself that like, that that's he how, was Kick-Ass? Yeah. That's how like, he I love that movie. Fame. I never saw the second one, but I love Kick-Ass. Movie's wild. I really enjoyed Kick-Ass, but mm-hmm. it's just like a completely different character from when he usually plays. Yeah. 
But yeah, he plays like a a drug addict. A drug addict who oh, that's the thing. This oh, so, so it says in the trailer based off the controversial book. Apparently this book was written I think by whoever Aaron Taylor Johnson is playing and like he lied about half the shit in the book apparently. Oh, that's really? like what the that's what people say about it. That's why they said controversial book. Do yeah, you get the vibes whack. that Billy Bob Thornton is playing God? Or Jesus, I think like God, like an impersonation. That's the vibe I got. Yeah, I got that vibe. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Maybe. I don't know why I got it, but I got that vibe. It was almost like you know the shack, the book. Oh, the, oh, the, the shack. shack. Yeah, I thought I thought you were going to talk about like some movie no, no, that Shaquille no, no, O'Neal no. was in. No, 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 not Shack, the Shack. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It kind of. I for some reason I got this weird like vibe of like. This is somebody doing like a look at my like edgy take on God. You right. know what I mean? I don't right. know why I thought that. Did you ever uh, read The Shack? No, my mom did. I read The Shack. Yeah? Yeah. Did you love it? It was interesting. It's an interesting book. Try to answer some like really tough questions. Mm-hmm. Like, does God still love like... Can God look like a woman? Well, like a child murderer, right? Should mm-hmm. he like still love a child murderer? They made that into a movie a few years ago, didn't they? Hmm? Maybe. I, I rem- No, I, I very vividly... It's, it's got like Sam Worthington in it, I think. Oh, the shack. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember that trailer because the trailer is like this weird. They make it seem like it's going to be like prisoners with Hugh Jackman, uh huh. And then like halfway through the trailer, they're like, "Nope, psych. It's not about Sam Worthington like looking for his daughter or anything. It's just it's just the shack." And right. I was like, "That's weird." <laughs> uh, yeah, it had uh, what's her face is God, right? It had um, the girl from Le- uh, Shape of Water and the Help. Uh, Octavia Fuck. Spencer, yes. Yeah, Octavia yes. Spencer. You're correct. You are correct. Tim McGraw. That's the most Tim McGraw movie I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Jesus sure. Christ. Come on, Tim McGraw. If you think Tim McGraw, you think of the Shack. Don't give me that look. Did you just parody a Taylor Swift song? I did. Okay. But then I forgot like how it kept going. I only remembered the part that goes, if you think Tim McGraw. I don't remember what goes on after that. You don't even remember like the melody or nope. anything? Okay. Nope. That's why I, I lost it there. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of Taylor Swift songs. I unironically love Taylor Swift's music. Mm-hmm. Love it. Why? Why do I love it? Because when I listen to it, I enjoy it. Why? <laughs> like, why do you like any music you listen to? It's dark. <laughs> <laughs> That is not Taylor Swift music. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You just listen to like horror soundtracks and the Monster Mash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get that. Into, I'm gonna get into that in my shout out. But you're gonna get uh, into the Monster Mash in your shout out? No, not in the Monster Mash, but like about dark music. Now I'm disappointed. Um, yeah. Uh, a million little pieces. I really like. There was some like interesting visual shit. Yeah, in that that's trailer. the other thing that's cool. I There's bring like that up. he he seems like he's like hallucinating or something. Right. Yeah. Um, and they literally say there's a line of dialogue while he watches his food get gross, and they say a line of dialogue where he says like I've never seen so much degradation in someone so young, mm-hmm. and he's having these like hallucinations. Like, and it looks like his food is like shrinking as if yeah. it's like and a, then like, there's like little, a like a lung that's like yeah. And then there's the ones later where there's like mud running down the walls and he starts slipping in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's sure. some cool visual stuff, and it, again, like like how Judy looks like a vehicle for Renee Zellweger. This looks like a vehicle for Aaron Taylor Johnson. I feel like he's in movies like that a lot, though. Yeah. Um, and they just like never, they never really hit. You've seen Nocturnal Animals, right? Yes. Is he is he good in Nocturnal Animals? Yes. Yeah, I feel like he would be. I'm trying to 
But like, how can you be around Jake Gyllenhaal and not bring your A game? Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson's the best performance in that movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Didn't um, Amy Adams is in that get movie? nominated for an Oscar for that movie? Amy Adams? Yeah. I think there was it was nominated for a couple Oscars. Yeah. Um, Amy Adams it was gets nominated by Tom Ford. Yeah. You know that? I knew yeah. that. Amy Adams gets nominated for so many Oscars. Yeah. I feel the same way. Darling, what? The the way that you just said, yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about it. About Amy Adams, like I, I I'm don't dis, I don't dislike her, yeah. but I, like she gets tons of Oscar nominations. Well, and she, I'm she's like, also in a lot of really good shit. That's you true. Know what I mean, but like you know, like she got an Oscar nomination for Vice, and I was like, she's fine. She's she plays the mm-hmm. role. I didn't think that she was like sensational, right? Above and beyond what was required of the I part. Like her in American Hustle. Yeah, she's really good in American Hustle. She's American Hustle. Christian Bale's really good in that movie too. Mm-hmm. Fucking fat Christian Bale, but not as fat as Dick Cheney. Christian Bale, David O. Russell, American Hustle. <laughs> What's he up to? What David, David o. o. Russell? What's he doing? He blew up for like two years, and then now what's he doing? Because he made American Hustle and the other one that you always kind of talk shit about. What? I don't talk shit about. Yes, the you fighter. do. The Jennifer Lawrence one, Silver Linings Playbook. Yo, I like Silver Linings Playbook. Are you sure? I really like Silver Linings Playbook. You always say it like this, though. You always go, Silver Linings Playbook. No, no, no. That's because, what's her face? Jennifer Lawrence? No, not Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, that's right. The mom. The the mom. You hate that she got nominated for an Oscar, even though she's only in it for like 15 minutes. I don't hate it. I just, I brought it up as an example of like someone who like. Okay. You know. I amend my statement. You don't hate Silver Linings Playbook. I really like Silver Linings Playbook. Wait, he made The Fighter? Yeah, dude. That movie's fucking amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that he was, he made that. Yeah. I, I didn't know that because Jennifer Lawrence isn't in it. Or Bradley Cooper. Yeah. I mean, he's got Christian Bale, though. Yeah, I know. But, like, it's a bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what's he been up to? I want to find out. Yeah. Look that up, dude. I'm going to look it up right now. Hey. Hey, phone. Tell me about David O. Russell and what he's doing. And for those confused, it's not O. Russell like an Irish name. It's O like a middle name. Excuse me. Dude, American Hustle was 2013. That was six years ago. Mm-hmm. Whoa. He's made something called Accidental Love since then. Something called Joy. I'll give you one Oh, guess. Joy. Who stars in Joy? Jennifer Lawrence. I've seen Joy. I remember Joy coming out. It, was I've, it good? I never saw it. It's fine. That's the it's, movie where she plays a mom, right? It's weird. Like, it's weird in like a... Why, 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 is, why is there a movie about this kind of weird? Dude, you know? are you kidding me? It's got Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper in it. Yeah. And Robert De Niro, who is in... Is it American Don't Hustle? Don't get too excited. Or Silver Linings Playbook. He's in Silver Linings Playbook. Yes. Because he's uh, her dad, right? He shows up in one of them like, no, as he's a surprise. Bradley Cooper's dad. Dude, this movie, Accidental Love, very bad IMDb rating. Just going to say. 4.1. Yee. Yeah. Jessica why? Biel. Dude, it's got... Wait a minute. Bill Hader, James Marston, Tracy. Mar- it's got Jake Gyllenhaal. How's it that bad if Jake Gyllenhaal's in it? I don't believe it. Small town waitress gets nailed. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Something made. He made a short called Past Forward. He's got two upcoming projects. Something called Legacy of Secrecy. Carlos Marcelo and his possible involvement in the murder of JFK. Directed and written by David O. Russell. No cast members attached. And then, Untitled, David O. Russell Project. Plot unknown. Directed and written by David O. Russell. That's it. <laughs> Thanks, IMDb. Oh, it's a show. 
crime drama. Two episodes, it says. Interesting. So the re- the answer to what has David O. Russell been doing since Silver Lining's playbook in American Hustle and The Fighter is pretty much nothing. Yeah. Not much. Not much. Not much. That's okay, though. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Not everyone can fucking be like Scorsese and everything is fucking out of the park. And even then, like, you'd know better than me. What's is it, everything Scorsese's made great? Has he had any? I'm not sure what the has he had any like flubs? Like, there's some early Christopher Nolan that people would be like, eh, you know? Yeah, like what's I I know Nolan's filmography way better than I know Scorsese's. Yeah, because Scorsese's just been working for forever, and he also does like off like little projects. And there's certain things that I haven't seen from him. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't seen like uh, what King Comedy or Mm -hmm. uh, Last Temptation of Christ, but I'm pretty sure both of those are pretty uh, respected. I've also never seen The Last Temptation of Christ. Or King of Comedy, or most Scorsese yeah, movies. Fucking Willem Dafoe. I gotta see. Uh, I gotta see that fucking Willem Dafoe Vincent Van Gogh movie. What is the one I'm thinking? Was it? Yeah, like, yeah. That came out last year. Yeah, yeah. you just fucking came at me with well, that fucking cheap ass voice. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very. That came out of nowhere. I'm oh, very. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it following? No, he wrote that. What is? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong. Okay. Chris Dude, Nolan. I am to be. He's a director. Put his director stuff first. Come on. What are you doing? Don't put they his put fucking, writer stuff. They put writer and then they put producer and then they Whack. put director. Whack. Whack. Is Insomnia the one that people? Yeah, or Insomnia. That's probably, like it's that's like the consensus. Eh, I don't know what this movie following is. It's like I've seen following. Seven point five. Yeah, solid. It's like his first big mm-hmm. project. He's got some shorts before that, but I mean, you're, when your second movie is Memento, you're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm, for sure. Memento is really good. And then like when your fourth movie, you're like, oh, I have Batman Begins. Wow. I saw a video the other day. I think it was like a Screen Junkies thing. And they were like, what's the best Batman movie? And I was like, what's the point of even arguing this? But somebody like was like, you know, somebody has to pick the other movies, one of the other movies. And they were like, I'll, I'll try to pick Batman Begins. Was it movie fights? Yes. I think they did like a live movie fights at Comic-Con or something. That would be fun. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just like, sometimes movie fights will have like a, a thing and they'll be like, who should play this? And I'll be like, I'm interested to see who they said and I'll fast forward to it and see who they answered and then stop watching. I won't even watch them argue. I'll just be like, that's interesting. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird. But, uh, I feel like that'd be fun. But they were like, you know, going on movie fights? Well, yeah, doing movie fights. That'd be cool. I'd be a little scared because like, I am not a cinephile. Like, I know, I know a lot of like actors off the top of my head and stuff and I can tell you who's been uh-huh. in what. But I haven't seen a bunch of stuff, especially if it was made like before 2005. Don't they usually prepare like prepare them for it though? Probably they have time and stuff. Yeah, I think they they might give them the questions ahead of time. No, they do. They do yeah. send them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think it could be fun. Uh huh. It could be fun. The lightning rounds though is where you get in trouble. Where you're like, you gotta come up quick. Right. Quick. Right. Dangerous. I think it would just be fun. Like, I don't know. I've always like been intrigued by the the format. Well, no, no. Being able to debate something that like you don't believe in. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? Well, that's a classic speech and debate thing, right? Yeah. Being you able to you do were it. in speech and debate, right? Uh, I took a speech class. Speech class. That's right. Uh, and then we like did a debate in speech class. That, okay. I think. Okay. Um, I think we like argued over like Coke and Pepsi or some shit like that. Something arbitrary. See who who fun. gets landed with Pepsi? They're screwed. You could always say Coke and Pepsi, the same thing with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> just, just he's paying him more. <laughs> The one that tastes better, the one that's paying you more. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, like the dude was like, I guess I'll go Batman Begins. And I was like, you can argue. You can at least argue it. Batman Begins is great. It's great. I'm not saying it's better, but like you could stand on two feet and try to argue it with some pride. Wouldn't... I mean, if I were to go against The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. I feel like I would have to not go go out of the nolan verse that that's what that was my first instinct as well my first instinct was like pick the best animated batman movie you can think of yeah because that's like as far away as you can get right and there are people that will tell you that like batman mask of the phantasm is better Mm -hmm. is the best batman movie ever i don't know if i agree with that it's very it's older it's got a it's cool it's cool movie. i saw it a while i haven't seen it in a long time but it's very good um i'm not gonna go with any of the batfleck movies i'm not gonna go with fucking clooney for sure I'm not going to go with Val Kilmer. I mean, if you wanted to tell me that it's like uh, the one with Danny DeVito as the Penguin and Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, I would listen to your argument, but I would right. disagree with the, you. The but the that's, a good, that's a good movie. Yeah, the Tim Burton ones, both with Michael Keaton. They're, they're good movies, but like they're not as good as The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. It's just too good. I'm going uh, Mr. Freeze, Batman and Robin. Hey, that's Batman. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! <laughs> There's so many puns on that movie. It's so bad. Have an ice day. Hey, Batman. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> it's, so funny. it's so dumb. Yo, the, the most iconic part of that movie is rubber lips, though. Fucking oh, yeah. Robin makes out with Poison Ivy, and then he... Rubber lips. <laughs> it's so is bad. Is that the same fucking movie as the, the MasterCard scene? No, that's Clooney. Or wait. Yes. That is Clooney. Clooney. Yes. That is Clooney. The Bat Card. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he yeah. Did, don't leave the cave without it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Nipple suits, classic. A whole lot, a whole lot. What were you up to, Schumacher? Fucking man, Lisa Silverstone was in that movie. Yeah, she right? plays um, Alfred's niece or something mm-hmm. like that, and she becomes Batgirl. What, yeah. Why they didn't just why they created a brand new character to become Batgirl? I don't know. She existed. She's there. She's part of the universe and the lore like barbara gordon exists i don't know what they were doing there are like three iterations of batgirl and none of them are alfred's niece <laughs> i don't know what they were doing like one of them is jim gordon's daughter another one is like a, the daughter of two assassins who can't speak and another one is spoiler stephanie brown whose dad is also a criminal her dad is a batman villain Classic. I love Batman. Hey, when we do our Q and A episode, just ask me a bunch of Batman questions. Ask me all about it. Ask me who my favorite. I'll power rank the Robins for you. I'll do it. I'll yeah. have an hour long conversation with you about the Robins. Right. I'll do it. Tim Drake's obviously the worst, right? No, I like Tim Drake. Okay, who's the one that got voted off? Jason Todd got killed off by the fans back gotcha. in the day, um, and then they brought him back, and he's Red Hood. So now he's super cool because he's the Red Hood, right? Mm-hmm. He's like fucking cool. He shoots people and shit. He wears a cool mask. But mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of people hate Damien. Like the thing is, I like all the Robins. I like them all. But like a lot of people hate Damien Wayne. I think he's kind of cool. I like him. He's like a he's like a brat. So I get why people don't like him. Mm-hmm. He's like a little prick. Because he's like, I was raised by Rachel Ghoul. I'm amazing. And you're like, fucking shut up, Damien. You fucking dick. He's like, I use a sword. I think people like also naturally hate new things. I naturally hate new things, but they naturally hate kids uh, that That's a good are, point. are born rich. Okay. Like people, Batman? Like Bruce Wayne? really fucking hate that. But yeah, but like 
Batman like went through he tragedy. Earned he earned it. Yeah. He fucking went through fucking bad shit to earn it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like like <sighs> it it balances itself out because like yeah. fucking everyone normally hates a rich kid, but everyone loves an orphan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And everyone loves when you beat up bad guys. So when he became Batman, he was set. Balances itself out. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. What'd you do this week, dude? Uh, I went to class. I worked. I went to the park with some friends. Had a little cookout. You got sunburnt as fuck. I got super sunburnt. Yep. I for, I, I I brought a change of clothes because I knew we were going to play kickball. And I was like, well, I don't want to sweat in my dope Harry Potter shirt with the Tale of Three Brothers on it because mm. it's a dope-ass shirt. Got complimented, by the way. It's like up there. Like my Nightwing shirt of all time is the shirt that I get the most like, hey, cool shirt, man. Yeah. Because like Nightwing is just niche enough that if you're wearing a Nightwing shirt, people know that you, you're like you legit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whereas if you're like wearing like a Flash if you're shirt, wearing it's a, like, yeah, like you got a Batman shirt or super, it's like every mumbo wears a Superman shirt. Uh-huh. But uh, like it's like kind of similar like my phone case right it's got the Deathly Hallows symbol Mm -hmm. that's like you know you're a basic ass bitch Harry Potter fan it's like the easiest logo it's either this or the two glasses with the lightning scar like Mm -hmm. those are like the most basic symbols to represent that you're a fan of Harry Potter but I got this like cool shirt I've probably worn it on the show it's got the tale of three brothers from the movie on it oh okay it's cool yeah I rewatched that movie the other day it was really good which one The, the seventh movie part one of the seventh book. Deathly Hallows part one. Yes. Yeah. I rewatched that and I was like, I don't think I realized how much good stuff is in this movie before. And a lot of people would like tell you that it's like a, it's like a more boring movie than a lot of them. Cause did you see that? Did it's my microphone just move towards me? Oh man. It's a ghost. That freaked me out. So <laughs> poltergeist in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because I like listened to all of binge mode, Harry Potter or whatever. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I watched some of the movies again. I like, I think I rewatched the third one and the seventh one and the fifth one. And then I watched both Fantastic Beast movies back to back. The more I watch those, the more I like them, by the way. The more I watch those movies, the more I like them. They're fun. I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I feel like a majority of the, the Harry Potter movies, especially in like, like not the earlier ones, mm-hmm. but like five through eight mm-hmm. of uh, the, the, the Harry Potter movies, I would, like, I would forget that that I watch them. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was watching like a, a fucking video essay mm-hmm. the other day. Um, and like some prequel star Wars shit. Like they were talking about prequel star Wars. They're talking about bad dialogue, obviously. Okay. So, so they were using, it's impossible. so they started, uh, you know, what's this, the grain of sand thing? Huh? What, what is uh, that? No, the, I think the, the scene that they were showing was like uh fucking hidden Christensen talking to Natalie Portman. Uh, fucking and in talking. Are yeah. you sure it's not the grain of sand thing? No, it's not the grain of sand right. thing. It's him talking about how much he loves her. Okay, and he's just like, can, like over and over again talking about how much he loves her and like the, all of these like poetic ways of how he loves her. Uh-huh. And it's just super redundant and like mm-hmm. it, it's just exposition. It didn't bother me as much. Like I would have to watch it in context. Yeah, but when it was taken out of context, I was like, that could be okay, you know, because it's like it's a romantic moment in a movie, so like. Usually, like the problem is, it's no chemistry. Maybe I I don't know. I have a weird 
I like I liked the prequels a lot when I when I saw them. When's the last time you saw them though? It's been a long time. That's yeah. what I'm saying though. It's like there's probably a lot of shit. Well, that's the thing. That like a lot of people around our age. So okay, I'm a good example of this, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't really know Star Wars super well as a kid. Right. Star Wars is a weird thing because it's so popular, but it's from our parents' generation. But there are kids our age growing up that were also huge Star Wars fans because it's a fucking legendary sci-fi story. Right. So there was this weird mix like of people like me who didn't know a lot about... They're like, I've seen Star Wars. It's, you know, lightsabers are cool. Jedi are cool. I know what the Millennium Falcon is. I know what a Wookiee... You know, I know basic shit. Mm-hmm. And they saw the prequels and they were like, these are fun. You know, it's fun, whatever. You know, pod racing. Yeah, Darth Maul's super cool, which he is. Darth Maul's cool. Uh, but then there's like, you know, most people who know the people who knew Star Wars were like, these movies are fucking awful. And we are offended at how bad they are. It's weird. It's a weird thing. I think uh, one thing that threw me off was like the CGI for sure. Uh, oh, I'm sure it does not hold up. Um, yeah. I, 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 and I knew that going yeah. in, but like there's stuff that like, I'm like, why the fuck is that CGI? Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they showed obviously like the background of this, like uh, the fucking palace that he was in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, was CGI'd, but like the fruit that was on the table in front of them was CGI'd. Just get some fucking fruit. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like why, why? you're Star Wars. You can afford some fruit. Yeah. That's weird. It was really strange. And it's extra weird because the, the original movies actually hold up really well because it's all the practical effects they used. Mm-hmm. That's really weird. Like they are, they hold up really well in a way. Because you can okay. still, when you watch the old Star Wars movies, I, I've I seen. I mean, you them can tell recently, they're old movies, but you can, but you can. They're still hokey, is the thing. Sure, like they're not like. There's certain movies that when you watch them, and like because they weren't hokey, and they were like uh, such really good practical effects at in that moment, mm-hmm. right? They, they are still timeless, and mm-hmm. they will probably forever be timeless. Two thousand one yeah. is a movie that like. Yeah. I have no idea how that movie was made mm-hmm. fucking like at that point yeah. in time because it's with still the, like with when the you technology watch it, that they had access to when you watch it it's like holy shit like yeah. the only thing that kind of throws you off is like there's dudes in monkey suits fetus again. baby but even the well the fetus baby is so bizarre it's that's why I mean thrown off <laughs> it's so bizarre that that's what will throw you off but yeah. it's not like the the time has given it more absurdity yeah whereas like Star Wars I feel like it, it, it is yeah sure there's practical effects but like I don't know it, it, it All I know is that when I recently rewatched episode four, I wanted to bang Harrison Ford. That's all. Yeah. So it holds up. Mm-hmm. For sure. Rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Because she did bang Harrison Ford? In the movie. I mean, is that the connection that you drew there? Uh, I'm, I was just thinking of Carrie Fisher. Well, so I heard something about Harrison Ford the other day. Somebody, some like Hollywood... She wasn't an actress. She was like a socialite. And she wrote a book about like her Hollywood escapades, essentially. And in the book, she just talked about how often Harrison Ford would have sex with people. Like, oh, really? She was like, Harrison Ford would have sex with like nine different people in a day. And Jesus. he would just like fucking go to town. <laughs> fucking was crazy. It, he, would, like, he has like a crazy Hollywood story, right? Like he was like uh, a handyman or some shit. Oh, yeah? And he was like running lines with, uh, with someone and fucking ended up getting a role. That's cool. Yeah. I know he likes to fly planes and he's rescued people mm-hmm. from helicopters. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Seems like an interesting guy. Also a grumpus, it's a little, though. A little weird. I'm not sure if like I would want to be alone in a room with him. Uh, based on every interview I've ever seen him do, correct. 
seems a little weird, like yeah. a little strange. Maybe maybe he's the kind of person though that is like uncomfortable in front of a bunch of people, in front of a lot yeah. of people, and and, and, and weirdly in Hollywood. front of cameras. Yeah. yeah, like maybe in person he's actually really maybe. interesting. Maybe yeah. And probably like really chill. Maybe. Also, like if Might you don't run up to him and you're like, "Oh my God, you're Han Solo!" Like he probably appreciates that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As he famously like hated Han Solo, and wanted him to die. Yeah, I rewatched one of those recently. I watched The Last Jedi the other night. Oh yeah, fucking! I think it's so good. Yeah, I think it's so fucking good. Like, that's what I was. I was. Was that? Is that? I was talking about power ranking characters. Mm-hmm. It was Star Wars characters. I was thinking, I was like, who would be like my top five favorite Star Wars characters of all time? Because Kylo Ren would be up there. Dude, you're going to fucking, we're getting fucking killed out there by Star Wars fans right now. People that really love Star Wars. No, no, you're talking about fucking goobers that are like, there shouldn't be female leads in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, but you talking about Kylo Ren, dog? Kylo Ren is the most interesting I Star like Wars it. character that's ever been created. The, I'll stand by that. I'll, I mean, yeah, in your opinion. In my opinion. I, I like Kylo It's Ren. my personal power ranking. I, I, I'm i going to have him in the top five. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But I'm saying that, you know that what? still might piss off a lot you of You know Star who else is going to be in my top five? Fucking Ahsoka is going to be in my top five, too. I don't know who that is. That's right. From the animated series. This is Ahsoka's dope. I don't know who that is. She's an alien. She's fucking. She's uh, she's Anakin's Padawan. She's super cool. How do you feel about exposition and dialogue? <laughs> really random question, right? <laughs> Bam! <laughs> Slap me with a question. Uh, I feel like you can get away with it if you do it in a good, in a smart way. All right. But you can also like really slow something down and be ham fisted with it. It's it's a, there's a delicate balance to it. Right. I, there, a lot of people will tell you it's a rule to not do it. But it's also one of those rules where all rules are made to be broken. If you do it in well, a good way, rule, it's going to be good. And the rules don't fucking exist. They don't there's actually no, exist. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. there's no rules. Yeah. Like something can still be compelling. Uh, yeah. Like I, I'm I'm like I, I I told you like fucking earlier on this week. Pretty much this entire week, I've been like on a deep dive of like good dialogue and like what good. Yeah, because you're talking is. about Aaron Sorkin earlier in the week. But like I I have like like six different books on dialogue that I haven't read yet, mm-hmm. and like I'm like going back through. I've I I'd already read like a couple of them like halfway through, but mm-hmm. like I'm I'm working my way through them. Um, and yeah, like I I fucking sat down and uh, looked at the intro scene from the Social Network and tried to like break down and like analyze like all of the dialogue, like all of the little intricacies that like I'm I'm like fascinated by and that I didn't I never noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I just consistently keep running into the uh, the show don't tell rule mm-hmm. right the mm-hmm. and that th- th- that you should avoid exposition but every time i hear that rule or see that i read that rule i think about the matrix okay the matrix has like one of the greatest the red pill blue pill well yeah but yeah it's one of the greatest expository scenes uh, like mm-hmm. that i've ever seen in a movie and every time i think about the matrix i think about that scene mm-hmm. because i think about like being a kid and not understanding it yeah uh, that was like one of the first movies that I saw when I was a kid. I still don't understand it. You understand? I never remember which pill is which. But I haven't sure, seen The Matrix in years. I'm pretty sure. Like years. Red pill it takes you down the rabbit hole. And then blue pill puts you back into the simulation. Right? So like he's, he's you're not going to get the truth mm-hmm. if you take the blue pill. But 
what I'm specifically talking about isn't just like the red pill, blue pill thing, but when he brings him into the construct for the first time, right? Uh, so like he gets taken out of the matrix and then put back in basically mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but he goes into the construct. It's basically just like a white fucking room, like just nothing but fucking white. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like two leather chairs sitting in front of a TV, right? Like Joey and Chandler's apartment. And that's basically where Morpheus explains the ma- the matrix to Neo. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, I was like eight years old, seven years old, whatever. When I, uh, saw that movie for the first time and I remember talking to my old lady neighbor that I used to uh, fucking I, I, I used to walk her dog okay. all the time and she was uh, I told her that I'd gone to see that movie and she was like what is it about oh god and That's I was tough. Like, like and like a like fucking eight year old me was trying to explain what the Matrix was and I didn't get it. Like I was like I was just like it's a sci fi movie. I like that's kind of like all I could say. Um, but every time and I've seen the Matrix multiple. Yeah, multiple you times. love the Matrix. So, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, and that scene, I think about that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's my thing. I think. I think expository, it comes down to like necessity, right? Well, certain types of stories need more exposition. Exactly. For example, we just watched Peanut Butter Falcon. It doesn't need any. You don't need any. Exp- we understand how the world works. Right. It's- but if you're telling a sci-fi or a fantasy story, you need to find ways to explain how the world works. And you can't do all of it with weird offhanded comments and uh, um, recognitions of things that are happening around. Like you can't do it all that way. Sometimes you just have to have someone explain it. Yeah. But yeah. And it's not even like, uh, as much like, Oh, you can't do it in other ways, but like it's sometimes it's just the most efficient yeah. and like the most, it like, it can just be a really fucking good scene if mm-hmm. you just do it in one scene. And if it makes sense mm-hmm. to the, like, is it logical and is it necessary? Mm-hmm. Those, that's kind of like, like the two pronged, like the, the questions you need to be asking yourself mm-hmm. with an expository scene, right? Because like when, when I think about that scene from the matrix, it's absolutely necessary, right? Cause it's an like incredibly complex idea in this super fucking uh, future sci-fi movie yeah. where you're fucking living in a simulation. Like there's, it's, it's a hard concept to grasp, especially if you're fucking seven years old <laughs> and you shouldn't be probably shouldn't be watching the probably movie not. in the first place. Um, you should be going to see Doug's big movie, but you know, I, I digress. That's Hey, Cynthia, she brought me, my sister brought me to that uh, oh. movie. But anyways, so yeah, is Good it work. necessary, right? So like it's so complex that, it, yeah, it's for sure necessary. We need to get this information out there mm-hmm. so that they can mm-hmm. enjoy the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. right? You need to know why things are happening. Right? Yeah. And is it logical? And that's a this is a big one. And this is one that like I think kind of a lot of writers fuck up. Well, so like... The fact that it's Morpheus talking to Neo helps because Neo is at that point basically the audience. He might as well be us not knowing what's going on. Exactly. He's a stand in front of your audience. You can't have Morpheus talking to Trinity and explaining the Matrix. Makes zero fucking sense. That would be stupid. Yeah. Makes zero fucking sense. That's like when when people, uh, fucking we just saw it in that fucking trailer. When someone says to a character, right, you're my brother, Mm -hmm. right? It's like kind of that. It's, it's got that feel to it, right? Like, it's like, like it, when it's, when they're giving, and it, ha- it happened in fucking the, the prequel series with Star Wars mm-hmm. a lot too, where like, you're my brother, Anakin. Well, no, no, no. The, the, like, 
that I, I like that. Scene. No, that's a good scene. Yeah. Um, but when Ewan McGregor is the when best one the character is explaining to another character like something that like they should both remember, and yeah. at the end they're like, "Don't you remember that?" Yeah. It's just fucking whack. It's dumb. Um, it's pandering. It talks down to your audience. But even that, like. There are funny and creative ways to even do that. Like if one of your characters is an idiot, mm-hmm. you can make bits out of it. Like mm-hmm. every th- like rule can be broken. Mm-hmm. Every stage of it can be done in a different twist. For sure. Yeah. For sure. If you do it in a creative way. Yeah. yeah. Those are my thoughts on, on exposition. exposition and dialogue. Okay. Thanks for asking. <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> Thanks for slapping me with a question. Do you wish you could catch a fish with your bare hands? Yeah. Like Yannick Noah? Like Yannick Noah. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty freaking sweet. I don't know how useful it would be. What? How is it that just, not useful? It just seems like a party trick to me. How You could feed a family. Like, you could... How is that? That's that's yeah, you could like obviously if you were in a situation Literally, like the but like you can feed a family with a fishing pole. The 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 phrase like the idiom that people use for like teaching people how to do how to something f- yeah, useful yeah, yeah. involves teach him, catching teach him a out fish. Teach them how to fish. But yeah, yeah. But like you could catch fish with a fishing pole. You don't need your hands to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. But if you're really good at catching it with your hands, yeah, that's true. You don't have to hurt as many fish. You could just catch that fish mm-hmm. right bring it onto land immediately chop its head off instead of like dragging its mm-hmm. cheek around yeah. it's, it's more humane mm-hmm. that's true but then again you could use nets that is also true son of a bitch you need to catch Uh-oh. more you catch more <laughs> fish with the nets <laughs> it's still pretty cool it's, it's cool hey are you uh are you excited that football is going to be back soon? Not at all. <laughs> it's cool. You know what? Uh, I'm rooting for the Browns, kind of. Yeah, okay, here's my thing with the Browns, right? right? What's, what's, what's wrong with the Browns? I get why people are excited because yeah. the Browns have been the laughing stock of sports uh-huh. for like fucking 15 or 20 years. They're fucking awful. They're a joke. Yeah. And they might actually be good for once. But the, the second it happens, they're like the most overhyped shit ever. It makes drives me nuts. They're literally like, People are like, the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. And I'm like, you need to calm down. This dude has never coached, yeah. head coached a team in his life. Right. Step back. I don't know Baker much about football, in, but it seems like too Baker much. is in the second year of his career. Calm mm-hmm. down. Yeah. They just seem like a fun team to root They're going to be fun. Yeah. Baker's, I love Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. I showed you that video of him fucking getting hype as the coach was challenging a play in preseason. Right. Yeah. It's, he's fun to watch. He's yeah. crazy. But like, we need to, everyone needs to collectively take a deep breath, take a step back and realize that the Browns might just go nine and seven and miss the playoffs. It could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could happen. How many uh, games did they win last year? I have no idea. Maybe six, five or six, maybe. It could be a fun nine games though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It'll be a fun nine games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Odell and Jarvis are reunited. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Their D-line OBJ. is their D-line's amazing. Well, their their fucking other wide receiver that they got, right? Their wide receiver they're using him like he's like a punt returner. Talk about the dude who was fucking homeless. That's a super cool yeah. story. It's a fucking really she, cool he, story. She he something. I forget his full Giuseppe. name. Giuseppe. Giuseppe. Yeah. Like, I think it's Damon. He was living she he, he Giuseppe. He was playing in like weird minor leagues and stuff like that and somebody told him about a tryout that was going on and yeah. then he slept like at a 24-hour fitness and shit and then he convinced the dude that he had been invited to the workout yeah. and then he made the, it was very it's a very cool story and then he took a punt back for a touchdown last week. Yeah. Hopefully he makes a team because if he doesn't that'll be really sad. Yeah. It would suck. That happens a lot. You'd be like surprised like these fr- cuz his problem, right? He's a he's a returner. He's not a good receiver. Like he was being told in college that he wasn't a good receiver. They were right. like, just focus on returning kicks. Well, because he, like, apparently, uh, he was fucking, he was running track at first, mm-hmm. uh, and then he hurt himself, so he couldn't do, uh, he couldn't do his event anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he went and played college football for four years or whatever, and then he spent his last buck to go mm-hmm. to yeah. that workout. Yeah, he paid, like, $200 for that mm-hmm. workout and fucking made it seem it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was, like, uh, staying at, like, a 24-hour fitness or whatever. Yep. Yeah, he was apparently, like, going to, like, block parties to eat oh really and he was just like walking up the block parties and <laughs> eating food it's like he's not even from there it's funny yeah. i think like you could pull that off though like that's that's very much the situation of act like you belong and mm-hmm. you'll be good like yeah. if you roll up to a block party and you're like you act like you like you'll be perfectly mm-hmm. fine yeah so somebody eventually is going to be like oh do you know cheryl and you're like yeah i know cheryl mm-hmm. but then you meet cheryl and she's like do you know dawn and you're like yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was a very cool, heartwarming story. Mm-hmm. So I, I am rooting for the Browns. That's cool. no, you're, so. Are you, are you converting to being no. a? Okay, good. No, go Lions. Lions fan. For you're a huge Lions fan. <laughs> I can name you all the players. You can. I know you can name their quarterback. Uh huh. Come on. I know you. You're trolling me, Matt Stafford. Yeah, yeah. the inglorious Stafford himself. Uh, yep. <laughs> Probably can't tell me their coach's name. No. Do you know what he looks like? Uh. <laughs> no. <I'm not. laughs> nope. Matt Patricia, so. big dude, big beard. Used to be Patriots defensive coordinator. Yep. They're probably not going to be that good. No, probably not. They're probably going to be last in that division. Probably. Unless, unless Mitchell Trubisky is just hot trash and ruins the Bears' lives. But I don't think that will happen. I think he'll be okay. I think, if nothing else, Matt Nagy will just scheme it up so he'll be okay. Matt Nagy's a good coach. Matt Nagy? He's the Bears' head coach. He was the Chiefs' offensive coordinator before being the Bears' head coach. (coughs) He's the new Bears' head coach? He was their coach the last two years, I think. He never coached Patrick Mahomes. Oh, okay. So he's been on the Bears for a while. Or he might have been he might have been there Patrick Mahomes rookie year, but Patrick Mahomes didn't start. He sat for a whole season right. behind Alex Smith. <coughs> I'm I'm pretty I'm excited. Like I watched some I watched the Hall of Fame game. I watched the first half of the Hall of Fame game, partially because I wanted to see how bad Drew Locke was, because I just have no faith in Drew Locke, and because it was like the first football in nine months or whatever. And then I watched the Dolphins game the other day, and. I was like, wow, our offensive line is just disgustingly awful. But Josh They've Rosen always been bad too, right? The Dolphins? Like, no, the offensive line. Pretty much. Like there was a there was a period in like 
the year we won the division, when we ran the Wildcat and shit, our offensive line was pretty good. Mm-hmm. They were decent. Like, we had Jake Long, Vernon Carey. Uh, we did not have Mike Pouncey yet. We've just, we've had, yeah, it's been bad for a long time. Even, like, when we had Jake Long, we drafted number one, and he was great. It was, like, he was great for, like, five years, and he started having chronic injury problems. Where are the Pouncey brothers at? Marquise is still on the Steelers, always has been. Mike is on the 49ers now. And I'm pretty sure they both might still say free Aaron Hernandez if you gave them the opportunity, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's a little rough. Strange. It's a little rough. That dude murdered people. Shouldn't free him. I mean, he ultimately... Murdered himself. Yeah. yeah. Pulled an Epstein, as they might say these days. Hey! Hey! I think there's some good fights coming up. Nate Diaz is coming back. Fighting Anthony oh, Pettis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a fun fight. I think that might be this weekend. Uh-huh. Yoel Romero's on that card. There's a good main event. I can't remember what it is. I'll look it up. Nate Diaz hasn't fought in forever. Mm-hmm. And him fighting Anthony Pettis is a dope fight. Do you have this weird thing where, like, whenever you watch Anthony Pettis... You kind of like expect him to do something insane because of the cage run kick. Yeah, I get I get that nickname Showtime. Yeah, I I get that with him, and I get it with Uriah Hall, who I don't even know if he's in the UFC anymore. Mm -hmm. But because on the Ultimate Fighter, he had one of the like greatest knockouts I've ever seen with like that super clean spinning back kick. Every time I watch him fight, I'm like expect him to do something insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, The main event is fucking Daniel Cormier versus Stipe. That's a lot of fun. That's a fucking fun card. That is this Saturday. Hype. That's awesome. I wonder if it'll be Daniel's last fight. Could happen. I feel like if he gets knocked out, it will be. Is there any way, is there any way that CPA wins a decision? Any way that the UFC is going to let that happen? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I think if he's dominant in a decision, he would win it. Yeah, but obviously. like... One, if you were to tell I me, said that tongue in cheek. If you were to tell me, Stipe DC went the distance. I would assume DC won, just because he was wrestling the whole time. The odds of Stipe winning by decision seem kind of low. He's gonna finish. Like if he's gonna be, he's gonna knock you out. He's dangerous. Cleveland's own dude. He's from the land. Bitch, I'm from the land. Yeah, I can't. I can't decide like if I want Daniel Cormier to win and then do another fucking John Jones event. Because it's just like... What even if, if you beat John Jones at heavyweight, who cares? Right? You know what I mean? I would care. Like, he would care. For him, it'd be like getting over a, a like, monkey off If that back. was like his last fight, mm-hmm. right? He fucking legit beats John Jones. To me, it wouldn't mean as much doing it at heavyweight. What do you mean? It wouldn't mean as much doing it at heavyweight to me. Why? Because to me, John Jones is at a huge disadvantage at heavyweight as, than where he is at light heavyweight. <clears throat> I think you can see it in his last few fights. Like His power is not going to translate to heavyweight. There's okay. dudes that have way more power than him up there. Okay. And I think Daniel Cormier being able to carry on as much poundage as he wants is going to help him a lot. I still think, I still think John would win. But yeah, I'm not sure if I agree with that. Of it not meaning as much at so, heavyweight? So, so you think that it's more advantageous for uh, Cormier to fight John Jones at heavyweight? 
Daniel Cormier might be an exception because of his yeah. build and his power. Because I'm talking about to, more like, steep. I'm end. talking about more about the heavyweight class in general. Yeah. John is. Not, the power is going to be a problem. Right. And there's going to be more people that can match his reach advantage and stuff like that. But that's the thing is like, if it's just between Cormier and, and John. John Jones, yeah, I guess I think that would still be a, I don't know. It just seems kind of, feat. it just seems kind of weird to me to just be like, well, John beat me multiple times at light heavyweight. And then when we fought at heavyweight and Daniel Cormier could theoretically outweigh him by like 20 pounds. Seems a little weird. I think that would still be a, pretty incredible feat oh it'd still be like oh, still be. like and obviously like for him it'd be amazing mm-hmm. it'd be this huge victory yeah <clears throat> but i think it would mean more if he beat him at light heavyweight but i don't think that's gonna happen hey did you see this uh the shit with emily uh Rodakowski? nope what she uh you don't follow her on instagram nope uh, I do obviously because she's hot. Uh, she she posted a, a photo. It's like a professional photo shoot mm-hmm. of her like lifting her arm up, and she had armpit hair. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, it's like a feminist movement. Is okay. Is like like that's what she's doing. It's like uh, she's cool. like d- demonstrating. I feel like she should do with her armpit hair whatever she wants to do with it. Yeah. Right. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's like at the same time, it is like simultaneously like, I support your decision as a woman to do that, but I'm also not attracted to it. Well, that's fine. Yeah, you I'm have the right to not be attracted to yeah. it. Also, like, I feel like there's a really good chance that she did that photo shoot and then immediately shaved her armpits. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Emily Ratajkowski. But I feel like that's a possibility. She oh, she's an uber feminist. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, fucking, uh, I found it really interesting because it's like, if there was anybody in the world to do that, right? Like she's one of the hottest women in the, on the planet, right? And one of the most famous models on the planet, mm-hmm. right? What movie was she in? Gone Girl. Yeah, she was in Gone Girl. Yeah. Uh, she was probably like most. She she got her notoriety, her fame from the the Blurred Lines video, right? Blurred as, Lines. Yeah. I know you want it. Mm-hmm. That one, uh, yeah, she was in that. And the one they got she, she's done for. a lot of acting. She she was in a movie with Zac Efron, I think. Um, That's an attractive duo. Oh yeah, like they just make a test tube baby with them. Yeah, that would be something. Mm-hmm. She's pretty tall too, right? So like she could overcome his like lack of great height. Is Zac Efron super short? I feel like he's like in the mid five, like five seven eight range. Right. He's like below average, I would right. guess. I might be wrong though. Just like. What I, what I would guess. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to look it up because I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, man. No, but I, I, th- no, I, th- I thought that there was like an interesting thing that happened in the world. I was like, oh, she did that. It's real. It's real. <laughs> um, He's 5'8". Did I say that? Did I say 5'7", five, 5'8"? Five, yeah, I think so. Nailed it. So. Hell yeah. He's got two middle names. Then he has no middle names. That's true. <laughs> That's a Dimitri Martin joke. Yeah. Zachary David Alexander Efron. Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. There's a great part. Wolfred? Wolfric. Wolfric. So like, there's a great part in the fifth Harry Potter movie. And Michael Gambon, like his decisions as Dumbledore are very questionable. You know the Goblet of Fire joke, right? 
It's like a classic meme. Yeah, he's like super angry. Did you put your name on the Goblet of Fire? Yeah. In the books, it literally says, he asked quietly. Right. It's like, he does a lot of weird shit as Dumbledore. Um, or calmly, I'm sorry. He says he asked calmly. But there's like this great moment in the court scene in the fifth Harry Potter movie where he says his full name. And he's like, Albus Percival Wolfric Brian. Dumbledore he like stresses the Brian because it's like the most basic name it's so silly <laughs> how do you spell Rodakowski oh never mind she came right up <laughs> how tall is she she's 5'7 so she's above average height she's only an inch shorter than Zac Efron mm-hmm. so I feel like if you made a test tube baby it would be tall ish like it could be, they could have a six foot baby. Yeah, exactly. Like the baby would grow up to end up being six six foot. It wouldn't come out six feet. No. Unless unless you did some weird Damian Wayne science, where you raised the baby in a test tube like until it was fully grown, or in Damian right. Wayne's case until he was like twelve or whatever. Uh huh. That's weird though. Don't do that. It's kind of like weird Resident Evil shit. Mm. I don't know a lot about Resident Evil. Are there babies? There's a lot of weird stuff that happens, so it might oh, okay. as well happen, you okay. know, in Resident Evil. Yeah, why not? What do you think about this uh, Rich Paul shit? Rich Paul. Oh, the Rich Paul rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't trust the NCAA. I assume they're doing it for nefarious reasons. Right. Even though they hide behind what could be debated as noble cause, uh-huh. I don't believe them. Uh huh. I just assume they're trying to keep money for themselves right. like at all there times. There might be ulterior motives. I'll play devil's advocate here. Yeah. So like their argument, right, is that they're trying to protect these uh, these college Fringe pro-level players right. from most notably their own families mm-hmm. a lot of the times, mm-hmm. which is fine. But you know what? Like, So there's like rule that your, we're Your about. weird arbitrary rules you came up with are like, they don't make sense. So you're keeping rule, out people who are have proved that they can do the job really well. Right. So the the, the rule that we're talking about right, right now, like so the NCAA basically like strengthened, they bolstered their And we should say it isn't officially a rule yet. It was leaked. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, but they're they're they leaked uh, mm-hmm. that like they're trying to bolster this rule on who can represent NCAA players, correct? It's specifically who can represent it's if high school players want to be represented to see if they can be drafted instead of going to college. Right. Yeah. But I believe uh, the the most notable part, like like uh, stipulation criteria, no, you need that a you need to have, you need a bachelor's, which degree. Rich Paul does not have. Which Rich Paul does because not have like LeBron James, his best friend, Rich Paul didn't go to college right. because he was like, "Hey, LeBron, I'll be your agent," mm-hmm. and now he runs a huge insanely successful management company. But a wise man once told me plenty of people didn't go to college. I'm Michael Scott. LeBron James. Yep. Tracy McGrady. Yep. Kobe Bryant. Yep. Just named all basketball players. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems like there's something nefarious, right? Like, like there might be ulterior motives. I mean, it just, yeah. It seems, it, just, it seems like they're trying it to It seems cut like they're holding Pauls, on for dear life. The Rich Pauls of the like world. Like they know that the NBA is changing things very soon. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get out ahead of it as best they can to keep mm-hmm. themselves afloat. Right. And it's also not 
I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if this is like just a straight up logical fallacy or not, but it just seems, it seems illogical to me. It seems like even if someone has a degree, they can still fuck. They can you still over. be bad. That's the thing. That's the, yeah. that would bunch of people made the argument. Like there's a ton of people with degrees and a lot of them are bad agents. Mm-hmm. You don't like being, getting a degree doesn't make a good agent. And like, you know, at, at a certain point, you can't hide behind the protecting players thing. At a, like, you know what I mean? It's like a lot of the stuff that the NFL does sometimes. And they, they say it's like, oh, this is for player safety. And it's like, we know that you don't give a fuck at this point about play. Like, you just use it as a, as a cloud, like to make people think you mean well mm-hmm. for a lot of stuff. It's dumb. So like it's you being like, we're just trying to protect, back we're trying to protect the kids from their uncles. Like, you know, if a kid wants to be represented by their family, they're going to be represented by their family. And if they're bad at it, they're going to make mistakes and they're going to learn from the mistakes like anyone else. I've been playing with this thing all day. I know, dude. I told you that, that it's, it's a like a fidget spinner. spinner. Um, you want to do shout outs? Yeah, let's do it. We've been, we've been fucking vamping for a while. <laughs> um, what do I got here? Ooh, that's right. That's right. So this was sort of from the football world this week. I don't know if you heard about the Stephen Ross stuff. The Dolphins owner Stephen Ross owns. He's. I mean, he's a. You know, he's a sports owner. He's a billionaire. He is throwing a fundraiser for Donald Trump, where tickets are like two hundred fifty thousand dollars a pop or something. And my shout out is Kenny Stills, Dolphins wide receiver. Kenny Stills um, was very vocal about, he basically said, you can't on one hand run this this organization that talks about wanting to help diversity and wanting to help, um, you know, youth organizations from uh, uh, minorities, families, and, and then on the other hand, you know, raise all this money for Donald Trump. He's like, these things conflict. And there's it was it blew up pretty big. Like a bunch of people are now boycotting his gyms or something. I don't Equinox, I think they're called. Um, my shout out for Kenny Stills is specifically because of all the amazing work that he does. There's he's done like every off season, he does different social outreach tours. Uh, I know a couple years ago he did a bus tour around America where he went to like different communities and raised a bunch of money and threw all these amazing like uh, events. And he's he's just he's the most um, put your money where your mouth is athlete that I, that I can think of besides maybe like LeBron James and I like Colin Kaepernick because the dude literally mm-hmm. has lost money mm-hmm. because he's not in the league. Right. Um, but, but he, you know, whether or not you agree with kneeling or with, you know, any of the, the arguments or whatever, I think that people would know where we're going to land on those. But even if you're like, oh, you know, I don't think players should kneel and blah, blah, blah. You cannot downplay that Kenny Stills makes a huge huge mark on his community with all of the work he does. And he's just an amazing, amazing dude with all the work. And I just wanted to shout that out because it's like a hot topic right now with what's going on down there with the owner. And Kenny's been very vocal against him. Like the second that happened, Kenny was like, yeah, this ain't it. And like the Dolphins coach was like, I, you know, I wish you would have like talked to Steven Ross first before you'd, and Kenny was like, I'm not going to like stand by while, you know, shit, I don't agree with this happening. And you know, whether again, like, Whatever you lean on the politics, I don't care. You can't deny the fact that Kenny Stills 
does amazing work for his community and, and really puts his money where his mouth is. <clears throat> He's dope. Okay, cool. Kenny Stills. Mm-hmm. Uh, my shout out for this week uh, is another YouTube channel. I think, I, I think this is two weekends in a row. Two, two weeks Fucking in a row. Shake it up, man. Fucking YouTube channels. Uh, fucking my boy, Nerd Writer. So like, if you just search Nerd Writer on YouTube, like his videos will come up. Uh, but it, it's Nerd Writer One is his like actual. I guess he couldn't all these, get Nerd all Writer. these posers out here, dude. Yeah, Nerd Writer Zero. Somebody stole comma Nerd Two Writer. through Infinity. Yeah, all the fakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but he's Nerd Writer One. But he basically just makes uh, really good video essays for uh, for different things, uh, and it's usually pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll recommend two different videos that I I, I watched. Most recently, he did a, a video on one of the most disturbing paintings uh, mm-hmm. in the world, like wh- like what he th- thinks is one of the most disturbing mm-hmm. paintings. And he and it's like he goes into art history a little bit, um, but yeah, he, he goes uh, he talks about this dude Francesco Francisco Goya, um, who was living in uh, he's he's French I believe, uh, but um, yeah, he, like. I, I I I don't want to fuck up the the this dude's story, um, but I would recommend that one. Um, it's the the title for the video is like most disturbing painting uh, of all What's time. What's the painting? Uh, so it's Neptune uh, eating his son. Nice. Yeah, and it's like it's a super fucked Percy up. Percy Jackson. But like Poor the guy. most, but like the most fucked up thing about it was that like it was like of a series of paintings that this dude did inside of his own house, mm. and he like didn't have any people over. He drew, he did it for himself and he did, like did it in his dining room. It's really fucked up. Um, but yeah, that video is really good. Uh, another one, uh, he talks about, um, he did an entire video on the song Polly by, uh, by Nirvana, which is the, uh, the sixth track off of their fucking, one of the most greatest albums of all time. Never mind. Uh, yeah, it's the sixth track on that, uh, on that album. I've heard this song before. Um, and I really enjoy it. It's a fucking great Nirvana song, but I didn't, I, I wasn't sure. Like I didn't, I wasn't informed on the backstory mm-hmm. of this song. So mm-hmm. apparently, uh, it's based on a true story of this 14 year old girl who got abducted, raped and tortured by this, uh, 27 year old dude. What the right. And this song is from the perspective of, uh, of the the rapist, the guy that fucking that that took her, right? Um, and it's super dark, super fucked up. Um, but it's like it's also very apparent. Like the the whole video goes into how much of a feminist that uh, that Kurt Cobain was, mm-hmm. and like how outspoken he was about like how fucked up American like the 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 approach to um like sexual education mm-hmm. um and how like how like female centric, like we were trying to solve rape, you know, like how we were trying to like, how what can, did she do wrong? Exactly, how did she entice right? him? And, yeah. and, and he was just very outspoken about mm-hmm. like, um, you know, we should focus. We yeah. go, to, we should go to the source. If she didn't wear we such short get, shorts. Yeah. We should get yeah. men to not rape. Yeah. Um, which seems incredibly fucking yeah. obvious. Yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, that was, but it's a really fucking good, video um talking about that song uh it's just really good songs too mm-hmm. so i'd recommend nerd writer or nerd writer one one 
He has a lot of he has a lot of good stuff. He has one bad video. Yeah. Yeah, one bad video. Which one? It's a video about uh, about the authenticity of dialogue, um, and uh, he it's about the the Meyerowitz stories, and he talks about uh, Noah Baumbach and stuff. I hate that fucking video. I Is it because he it, says it's good and you don't like it? And I don't like Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Those are shot. It's not even like those, the, uh, it's not even like the the writing of Noah Baumbach's dialogue. It's like the direction of Noah. I feel like if I read Noah Baumbach's dialogue, I mm-hmm. would really like it. Mm-hmm. Eh. Anyways, Nerdwriter. Cool. So shout out Nerdwriter One and Kenny Stills. Um, like we mentioned earlier, there's a poll. Go vote on that. There is the Q and A video coming up. Send us some questions. Um, I think that's. All the oh, peanut butter falcon episode later this week. That's all the business. Um, find Chris. The Chris. Uh, what did I just do? I skipped ahead. <laughs> Hold on. Let me re- rewind my tape in my brain of myself. Find Chris at chrismichaelstott.com to read his scripts and Chris Michael Stott on Instagram. Find me, Davinwell25, on Twitter and Instagram. Find the show, The Chris and Kyle Show, at TKXPod on Twitter, The Chris and Kyle Show on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the podcasting platforms. You can vote on the poll on Twitter and Facebook. You can leave the questions on any of those places. We will find them. Um, I think that's it. We'll see you later this week. We out. We out. Stay weird. Stay weird.